Is it? Re it's recording. Well, hello and welcome back to the Fuck It Diet. No, 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 no. Well, shit. Welcome to the Fuck It Podcast, where we do talk about the Fuck It Diet. And today we're definitely talking about the Fuck It Diet um, and intuitive eating and intuitive movement because I am sharing a conversation that I had with Tash or the Thick Nutritionist on Instagram. If you do not follow her, you should go ahead and follow her. I absolutely love following her because as I say in the conversation you're about to listen to, I feel like she embodies a lot of joy um, and joy specifically with movement. Um, but what I did not realize is that her story from extreme dieter to non-diet nutritionist and Zumba instructor would be so truly just awesome and really inspiring. Um, and I'm very, very excited to share the conversation with you. I'm not going to give much more of an intro than that for this episode. I'll be back after the conversation to do my little, my little ramblings, even though I probably won't ramble too much today, guys, because it's late and I have to make myself dinner and um, I need to go to bed early because tomorrow I'm recording my audiobook for the second book for Tired as Fuck. Okay, but before I allow myself to ramble forever right now, I'm going to stop myself and I'm going to play this conversation with Tash and I really hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side or uh, I'll talk to you on the other side. Hi, Tash. Welcome on the podcast. Actually, just let me make fun of myself for a second for saying welcome on the podcast when what I really meant to say was welcome to the podcast. I guess you could say welcome on the podcast. It just doesn't sound right. Welcome, welcome on the podcast. Okay, whatever. Just I'm going to get back to the conversation. It just didn't sound right. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. And usually, I'm usually always apologizing for rescheduling. Uh, so this is our third try, everyone, and we're finally doing it. Um, Tash, will you just kind of introduce yourself for the listeners who may not know who you are and tell them the work that you are doing? Yes, for sure. So I am a Canadian non-diet nutritionist, Zumba instructor, and an entrepreneur. And what I do is help women that are struggling with dieting and disordered body image get to a place where they accept their bodies, have food freedom, as well as enjoy movement. I love following you so much because I feel like you have this sort of like... I don't know how to fully describe it, but there's this sort of energy of like joy in all of your posts. And I don't know if that's intentional or just the way you are, but it kind of does, um, it does come through and there's this sort of like optimism and it really feels like you're, I don't know, you, you've kind of like tapped into this joy in your body with movement, especially. And it's just like really lovely to, to get to see. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely not intentional. I think I'm just <laughs> so happy to finally be where I am yes. after struggling for so long. Yes. So like that's, I, I mean, I feel like 
almost everybody, if not everyone who does the kind of work that you do and the kind of work that I do talking about anti-diet stuff, talking about healing your relationship with food and body has come from a place that wasn't so great and wasn't so healed and, you know, wasn't the way that we wanted to keep operating. Um, so would you talk a little bit about what your relationship to food and movement, we can start with food if that's easier, was like for you before you found intuitive eating and started to heal your relationship with food? Sure. So it actually starts back home in South Africa, Mm. if you don't mind me starting there. Oh yeah, please. It usually goes back pretty far. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. So I was born in South Africa, lived there for the first eight years of my life. And when I was there, I saw many bodies like my own. I saw bodies like my mom's, my aunties, and everyone just seemed to be comfortable in their larger bodies. Mm -hmm. And I never even realized that they were larger bodies because I wasn't comparing it to anything else. Right. I moved to Canada. And I quickly realized that there was an entirely different standard of beauty over this side of the world, Mm. the Western standard. And I realized that I did not meet that criteria and no one else I knew (laughs) did. But over here, if I wanted to be accepted or seen as smart or attractive, I quickly realized that I would have to look totally differently. And so that really messed with me growing up because I never was comfortable in my own skin. So I really never explored and gave myself permission to do much movement that I actually enjoyed because I thought that it was always about controlling my weight or using it as a punishment. My parents never supported me dieting. They were always trying to get me to eat (laughs) and eat a variety of foods, which is so lucky when I look back at that. But it honestly didn't matter because, yeah, it was just in my mind and there was nothing that they could say that would change my mind. Saying, oh, you're beautiful, you're worth it from your mom (laughs) is not the same as hearing it from someone that you like. Yes. And we really do. I mean, think about like, you can think, I mean, that you're a perfect example, but like, especially anyone who's immigrated to a new culture, the kids usually want to fit in with the culture. You know, they don't care what Mm -hmm. their parents say. They want to fit in with their peers, you know? Exactly. My thoughts were that parents don't understand. Right, right. right. (laughs) So as I'm growing older, by the end of high school, I really liked this guy. He was super athletic. I was so attracted to him. Mm -hmm. And he knew that. And he said that if I was to lose 50 pounds, then we could have something. We could date because then I would be more attractive. So I took that as encouragement, as motivation. And when I look back, I'm like, girl, why? Oh, oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) It really is. I, yeah, I basically dedicated the next few months of my life just on the most extreme diet I've ever been on in my life. Prior to that, I had always tried the restricting, 
um, and over-exercising, but it never lasted for that long. But this, this one was consistent. I thought that I finally had it down. I thought I had all the willpower oh and I lost a humongous amount of weight in a very short period of time. And it's just so hurtful now that I look back because at the time people were praising me so mm. much. Mm. Everyone around me just seemed to think that I was a better person somehow. <laughs> I was seen as prettier. I did get more dates. So it's just annoying because it's not like it's wrong to want to be in a smaller body when we live in such a society, but it's also just so unfortunate. Yes. And you mentioned earlier um, the word smart, that people would think you were smarter if you were smaller. Mm. And it's just like, it's just so twisted, right? Because that is sort of the messaging that we get like that. No one says it outright, but it's sort of like just the way we inter like that is really kind of the message that you are more responsible, respectable, beautiful, all of these things, smart, mm-hmm. if you can look a certain way. And it really, I mean, it's just so deeply, it really, I mean, we know it, it's so deeply toxic. It's just so toxic. It definitely is. And it really marginalizes a lot of people that are actually very intelligent yes. <laughs> and yes. in larger bodies. So it's just so unfortunate. So you lost all this weight. We're getting all of this praise. And how long did you keep it up? (laughs) (laughs) So um, this is the interesting part. I got so much praise that I thought, hey, I should get into nutrition because Mm -hmm. everyone's asking me for all of this advice. Mm -hmm. I I need to find out everything that I possibly can, because if I find out the science, I'm going to make the best weight loss plan in the planet. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. it's so sad, but that's really what encouraged me to get into nutrition. People just wanted my advice so bad and literally only because of how much weight I lost. (laughs) I think that's pretty common. I mean, I feel like I've talked to or just heard from a lot of anti-diet dietitians who say, oh yeah, I got into, or I went to school to become a dietitian, like completely disordered or completely in an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And and it was only through that process, you know, not necessarily in school. Some people had teachers, you know, I don't know what you're, you're going to tell us your story, but some people had teachers who kind of opened their eyes to intuitive eating, but a lot of people didn't and had to learn it like on their own after school, sometimes like years into being a dietitian, you know? Definitely. For me, my experience was that as I was getting uh, through the program, as the gears were going, I ended up gaining double the amount of weight than I had lost. And it was traumatizing. Mm -hmm. It was so scary because I did not understand what was happening. It's not like I had changed anything that dramatically. For sure, I guess I wasn't working out twice a day Mm -hmm. for six days a week, but I would still do something. And I was just eating in a way that I thought was normal. I didn't Mm -hmm. think my portions were that crazy, but the weight kept piling back on. Mm -hmm. I was so embarrassed, especially because in the nutrition field, the standard nutritionist is slim, 
mm-hmm. and white. Mm-hmm. I'm not white, but at least I can try to be slim. That right. was my train of right. thought there. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard, I've actually heard that a good amount of times from other people of color who I've talked to. They were like, it was the way, it was the only thing that I could control to try mm-hmm. to fit it, like assimilate and fit in. And yeah, it's just, oh, and, and I can totally imagine. I mean, I experienced my own version of like the horror of weight coming back on and like being so disappointed in myself and being mm-hmm. so embarrassed and being so confused and feeling so out of control and being like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is, it feels like, especially in a culture and especially in a you know school to become a dietitian culture, that makes, that makes everybody believe that it's just this easy matter of willpower and calories in versus calories out when that doesn't work for you. And it doesn't work for a lot of people, but no one's really talking about it. When it doesn't work for you, you feel like, oh my God, like it's, it's exactly what you said. It's traumatizing because you feel like your life is spinning out of control, that your body is spinning out of control, that you're, you know, it really is such a loaded like painful and scary experience. Like it really, really is. Yes, it really is for sure. And in my program, we did not learn about anything besides the calories in versus calories out methods. It was all about the numbers. We literally never talked about that. So I had no idea that there was even another side (laughs) of looking at health and fitness. I really had no idea. I just kept getting more and more depressed and confused until I finally hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I just couldn't do this anymore. And I decided to go to a dietitian for help Mm -hmm. because I was thinking, how can I help people lose weight if I can't control my own weight? Let me go see if this lady can help me. So I approach her and I say, Amy, I need your help losing 50 pounds please. I have gained so much weight and I'm so confused. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just know that I need to lose this weight. I am so, so, so lucky that she happened to be the dietitian that I had because in the whole entire city, it was only her and another dietitian at the time that were actually preaching intuitive eating. Oh. This was quite a few years back. <laughs> I just got a chill. I really did. You were meant to have the experience, I think. I honestly was. When I look back, I was so lucky. She was so compassionate with me. And I was really surprised, actually, because my previous experience with healthcare professionals was not necessarily the best (laughs) when it came to weight. I'll just be told to lose weight. So I Mm -hmm. expected her to help me get on a diet as a dietitian, right, 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 <laughs> which is so silly now that I look back. But anyways, she, um, she said, look, I know you want to lose this weight. I totally understand. But I do have this other method that you might be interested in that will help you get healthier and you will start to accept your body more and just have that freedom that you're looking Mm -hmm. for without actually having to focus on the scale. Mm -hmm. I could not believe it. I actually did not really believe it, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) 
I was at rock bottom. So I did not care at that point. And I was willing to just try anything. And I was secretly, secretly still hoping that I would somehow beat the system and lose weight. Right, right. (laughs) I think a lot of people have that, you know, I think, I think it's hard. You know, I like to say like, people are like, well, how do I get rid of that desire? How do I get rid of that desire? And it's like, I don't think you can just press a button and delete that desire. I think, you know, it's human to want to fit in. It is human. To, it, it just is, you know? And I think if you can kind of have compassion for that desire and mm. also awareness around, you know, where that's led you, that you can kind of go forward with that compassion towards yourself, but you don't have to delete human desires to, you know, fit in and be a multimillionaire. We're always going to have them, you know? That is so true. But a lot of us don't even realize that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to know that in a diet obsessed society. Of course. And so, so you were kind of like on board immediately to try this new method when she introduced it to you. Mm -hmm. She told me about the intuitive eating book. So we started by going through that. And it was really interesting to me, especially um, just hearing that apparently there's no such thing as good or bad foods and that I'm allowed to eat whatever I want in whatever quantities Mm -hmm. I want at any time. It just really sounded bizarre to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I was willing to try it. So I started my journey. And as the months went by, I started to understand it a bit more and I started seeing how this all works. And that's when I started my Instagram account. Mm. I really wanted to just share my healing at the time. I had no idea that I would end up working in this space later. Wow, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so it was just for the healing journey, but it ended up growing into something bigger and better. And I'm just so thankful because I was able, well, I have been able still to share my story and combine it with the knowledge and the wisdom that comes from the books and from all the lovely professionals in this space already. So it's- How long ago was that that you started the journey? About five years ago. Yeah. And I think it's so nice to hear that from people because they can think, okay, you know, I don't know how long this is going to take, but for sure, if I, if I start, I will almost certainly be in a very, very different place in five years, you know? Definitely without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> so that's my intuitive eating story. That's how I came to a place of food freedom. I finally yeah. allowed myself to eat unconditionally. Yes. And so did you heal your relationship with movement at the same time or did that come later? How, how did that, cause you also, you're a Zumba instructor. Am I, am I like, is that's correct? Yes. Right? Okay. Sorry. I was like, step <laughs> Zumba. When did that happen? I became a Zumba instructor two years ago, actually. And I do credit it to that session, those sessions that I had with her at the time, because mm. when we were speaking, she helped me evaluate my relationship with movement. And I realized that it was really toxic. Actually, at that point, I would never call it movement. Mm. I 
would <laughs> see right. it more as an intense exercise, a workout that's supposed to be painful and all of that. Right. But I like the word movement. I do still use the other ones, but it just sounds a lot more gentle mm-hmm. and it should be because it's supposed to be enjoyable. Right. Right. She told me all about the health at every size principles. And it was just amazing to me. And she challenged me to try to remember what kind of movement I enjoyed when I was a child before I ever thought about any type of weight loss or any workout plan. That is when I realized how much I love dancing. It's something that I like always did, but in the background. And so I decided maybe I should go to the gym and see if there's any group fitness classes, because I definitely would enjoy that. I had tried it before, but I just never really ended up feeling like it was a real workout because I enjoyed it too much. Right, right. So bad. <laughs> I know. You know, what's so funny. My mom said to me yesterday out of the blue, I don't remember saying this to her. I was very disordered mm-hmm. in high school and I was a dancer in high school and I was like, so insecure. Mm. I, she said, Caroline, you said to me when you were in high school, ah, mom, you don't lose weight from dancing. You have to lose weight from running. Apparently I said that to my mom in high school. And I was like, that's so crazy. She remembers so many things, but it was probably a similar thing where I was like, there's too much downtime where you're like learning the combo. Like it's not a hard enough exercise, you know? And I, Mm. I just like, and she said to me yesterday, she's like, Caroline, you need to start dancing again. I was like, you're right. (laughs) Yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) I know, I know. Sorry, back to your story. I totally relate. I totally relate. (laughs) No problem. Um, So I went to the Zumba class and like I've told you before, I'm in Canada, I'm in a really small province in a small city and there's not many people of color Mm -hmm. and definitely not many Zumba instructors as well. So this is another moment where I was super blessed (laughs) because when I went to the Zumba class, it was actually a black woman and she was Yes, and she was playing <laughs> African music and oh just other kinds of music that really resonates with me. I mean, I love all music, but that really spoke to me a lot. So it was like a special um, moment. It was like, a, like you feel like extra welcome here. Yes. And to top it all off, she was in a larger body. not yeah not necessarily as large as mine but when I looked at her I was taken aback because she was not in that typical really slim body for a fitness instructor so I was actually so impressed by how confident (laughs) she was and also by how fit she was that's when I really realized okay you can be in a larger body and also be really fit because there was no one in no one else in that class (laughs) that was as fit as her and there was people of all bodies all bodies so I can really tell you there is health at every size yes (laughs) and see this is just another great example that the more representation we get, like the more we feel legitimized, like the more we can see, you know, people in different body sizes, people of different races, kind of like breaking the narrative that like almost Mm -hmm. unspoken narrative, the better we will all be. Like we need to see people 
free themselves, you know? Amen to that. So with this amazing Zumba instructor, I started out by only going to one class a week, but naturally I just started going more because I genuinely really loved the movement. And that's what made this time with um, exercise so, so different because I did not see it as a punishment at all. It was something that I craved and yes, it was not too hard, which is amazing. <laughs> and right. it made me, it made me actually want to do it regularly. It wasn't something um, forced. So that's so important. And I remember there was this one day where I was like, I lost some weight because I still wasn't right where I had to be. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was still trying to somehow lose weight at the right. time when I was going. Um, and she was like, okay, um, is that a good thing? <laughs> right. Yes. My God. She's awesome. <laughs> I was so shocked and confused in that moment because that's not the response that I expected from her. And right. also when I look back, I am so happy. So, so happy because I have been to other Zumba uh, classes where the instructor is just yelling, fitness tips about mm. how to lose weight the whole mm. time. And then at the end of class, talking about take this detox tea with this supplement, and it's just bad. Right. <laughs> but anyway, you had these two was- little beacons in your life that like showed you another way. It's so cool to me. I love that. Thank you. I love it too. So blessed. So as I'm continuously going to her class, I'm realizing, hey, you know what? I think she's right. And I also think the dietitian is right. My weight really doesn't matter mm-hmm. because at the time I would still low key weigh myself at the gym. Right. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, just because this is not every single day, multiple times a day, it's only a few times a week, I can get away with this. But when I look back, that was slowing my, pro- my progress a little bit. But I'm glad that I was still working towards the goal yes. that I have. You I'm know? really glad you, you said that because I think that that's a question that a lot of people have. They're like, okay, so do I have to let go of everything immediately? Is that the only way to, to heal? And it's not. And just like you said, holding on to some things will probably slow you down, but it doesn't mean you're not still going in the right direction. It doesn't mean that you won't have layers and layers to peel back of your healing. You know, it doesn't, you do not have to do this perfectly. (laughs) There is no perfect way. Exactly. Exactly. It's only putting unnecessary pressure on yourself to put those expectations that you have to start perfectly. And I really Mm -hmm. think it's diet culture that makes us feel like (laughs) we're not good enough and we need to follow all these things or we're wrong. Yes, exactly. Because we're not used to being able to yeah, we're used to having to follow this perfect plan. And so we think Mm -hmm. that this, that intuitive eating also has to be this perfect plan of intuitive eating and intuitive movement. And it just, you know, it's always going to be messy. Life is messy. It growth is messy. It just is. Exactly. 
So after doing her class for about two years and just loving it, she broke my heart because she had to leave. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, I was so hurt. So then I was thinking, who is going to be the Zumba instructor now? I absolutely love this so, so much. Maybe I should just become an instructor. If she can do it and she is in a larger body, she's so cool. Why can't I do it? And so I made it my goal to become an instructor. And I actually followed through with it, which makes me really happy because now I've been doing it for two years. And it's just so awesome to have a safe space for larger bodies. And because I know people can relate to me and I know it will make a difference because it really made a huge difference for me seeing her. Oh, God, I love this is like the most inspiring. (laughs) This is such a great story, Tash. This is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. So, okay. So for anyone listening who is struggling or wanting to heal their relationship with food or starting out healing their relationship with food and movement and their weight, is there anything, is there any like big piece of advice that you find yourself giving over and over to your clients, like anything in particular that is either maybe going to stand in someone's way or something that you like to remind people of? Well, we just touched on this right now, but I'm always telling people that the desire to lose weight never really goes away. Mm -hmm. And that's totally understandable because even if now you know something different and you're following it, you still do live in this society mm-hmm. and it's hard to completely shut things out, right? So yeah. have that compassion for yourself, realize that it's okay to have that desire, but that you also don't have to chase it because you're perfect and you're whole that the way that you are. Mm. I That's also nice. see people really worried about how their friends and their family perceive them because of the way that they hear them talking about their body. And even when they go to the doctor, they might hear some negative comments and it can really be a setback. But for those moments, they have really learned to have boundaries. It's something that I really emphasize because I know that for me, especially, I really had to start eliminating some of the people that I was around because I realized that they were not good Um, influences and they didn't make me feel good about myself same with social media I went on a huge social media detox and I found that that really really helps and another thing is finding healthcare providers that do practice health at every size because Mm -hmm. they do exist and it can make your experience so much better when you're around people that are aligned with what you believe That's so important because I think that is the biggest roadblock for people because I think a lot of people kind of can come to a sort of truce with their own bodies, but are really, really find it difficult to navigate the people in their life and the culture that they live in. And that continually is this thing that kind of like, it's almost like the siren song calling people back to diet culture. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, but yeah, to, you know, it, and you can't snap your fingers to put boundaries in place, but to, to make sure that you are prioritizing your own peace and your own um, needs, I think is so important mm-hmm. and will go such a long way. Definitely. 
Oh my God, this was so wonderful. Can you let us know where we can find you on the internet and how people can work with you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on Instagram at The Thick Nutritionist. And the ways that you can currently work with me is through my one-on-one coaching as well as my group coaching. And the way to apply is right on my Instagram account if you click the link in my bio. I'm going to link to your Instagram um, and I'll link to that as well. And this has just been so wonderful. Thank you so much. No problem. It's been my pleasure as well. Thanks for having me. So as always, you can go to the show notes of this episode and find the links to go follow Tash. And I highly recommend that you do. So what do I want to ramble about before I get too hungry and then have to go down and start my dinner? Hmm. Okay. So as I said before, I am recording the audiobook for Tired as Fuck tomorrow. Tomorrow through Thursday, maybe Friday. I'm recording in a, in a um, recording studio in Philadelphia, the same place where I recorded the Fuck It Diet. Um, it is hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, one of the things... Okay, so actually this is a great tie-in. So as I said in last week's episode, my second book, Tired as Fuck, is coming out February 8th, 2022. So that's in November, December, January, February. Four months. Oh my God, four months. Okay, that's crazy. Time flies when you're having a terrible time and when you're having fun. Um, so... Uh, I explained in last episode, and also if you go to thefuckadiet.com slash TAF bonus, you can read all about the pre-order bonuses that I'm offering people who pre-order the book, screenshot their proof of purchase, and then upload it um, through the form on that. And I'll put this in the show notes too. TAF bonus, uh, thefuckadiet.com slash TAF bonus. Uh, and you can find out more about the actual book at thefuckadiet.com slash tired and that's where you can download the beginning and read the beginning of the book and blah 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 see if it's interesting to you or whatever and then if you sign up for the pre-order bonuses after pre-ordering one of the bonuses is commentary on the fuck it diet book like director commentary on a dvd but this is author commentary written and shared with you in a PDF and I'm releasing it part by part and I've only released two parts and they're they're short um, but the first one talks about the audiobook recording and more specifically how my publishers tried to talk me out of doing it because most most authors don't actually want to and most authors wouldn't actually be good at it or most basically what they told me is most authors think they want to but they don't actually want to and I was like guys I don't want to like I know it's going to be hard and exhausting and like talking for you know seven hours straight but I must I must I must because there is a specific tone and the tone, if the tone is fucked up by whoever you hired and narrated, I will be depressed. So I have to do it. And that's the same way with this. It's, there's a, even more storytelling in this second one. Um, personal storytelling of how I became very tired <laughs> um, through diet culture and the rest. 
so if you're interested in that, go check out thefuckadiet.com slash tired, read the beginning of the book, etc., etc. Um, many people have asked me if you can pre-order the audiobook, and yes, I believe you can for sure on Amazon and I think um, other places too. <sighs> what else do I want to say? Oh, I'm going to tell you a very quick little story. Actually, I changed my mind. I started trying to tell the story and I realized that the story needed to be way longer and I'm too hungry. I'm simply too hungry. But the story was about something that happened earlier this week um, where I made a post where I said I didn't know what uh, the squid games were and I didn't plan on finding out because I assumed, incorrectly assumed, it was a game. They were games that I assumed because I didn't know about it. I assumed kids were playing it or teenagers were playing it on TikTok. That's what I assumed. And then all of a sudden I was extremely racist because I was dissing a Korean television show that's super popular on Netflix. (sighs) That's what I get for not fucking signing on to Netflix for two months. I've been watching Hulu and real cable and I think that's it. Anyway, it's long. You can go to my um, you can go to my Instagram and you can watch the sto- save story highlight where I share some of the DMs that I was getting and comments I was getting um, and from white people, by the way. These are white people who were angry with me. Plenty of Koreans were like, these people are overreacting. <laughs> There's nothing insensitive about what you posted. But uh, this is 2021, babes. This is where we are. This is how we think. Everything is problematic. But um, really, though, I'm probably not going to watch Squid Game. Oh, I'm definitely not going to watch Squid Games because I cannot handle gore. And apparently it's super, super gory TV show, um, which is what I learned from posting that I don't know what it is and I don't plan on finding out. Um, Yeah, and you can go read everything on Instagram but I started to try and like explain and like talk about the different comments I was getting but really if I'm gonna do that I want to give it if I'm gonna even start to unpack it I want to really unpack it and I just don't have the energy and I'm just too hungry right now so you can you can you know read if you haven't already if you weren't following along while it was happening you can read all about it in the squid highlight on my Instagram Okay, so I I always forget to ask for this, but if you enjoy this podcast, it's so hard to do, so hard to ask, but if you enjoy this podcast, it really does help if you rate it five stars and leave a good review. Um, It just helps algorithm-wise. It helps other people to see it. And who wouldn't want that? Well, me. the girl who doesn't want more followers. No, I want people to listen to my podcast. Um, Me not wanting more followers is a whole thing that I'll get into another time. And it's because of all the crazy shit that I've been enduring on Instagram with people just like hating me. And, you know, that's just what happens when you have a lot of followers. It just is what happens, which is why I've started this half joke, half true campaign to lose followers. And it's it's working. I'm losing followers. Um, Okay. Is there anything else? Yes, Rate, review, and subscribe. That's what they say, right? Rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars, please. 
Um, and other than that, I will hopefully be back next Monday, though I have to say, because I'm recording my audiobook all this week, and next weekend I'm going to be, oh, I did, I, t- I did tell you in the past episode that I'm, in, that I, I'm moving, and I closed on my house last week, uh, or a couple days ago, really. I have not moved yet. I'm moving in like a week and a half. So I am wondering if I'll be too swamped to truly get another episode out next week. Um, it's, it's already a recorded conversation I have, but I have to work on it and record the intro outro and do some editing. So um, hopefully next Monday, if not soon after, and um, I will bore you again. I'll be in your ears again, boring you soon enough. All right. Okay. Bye. Talk to you soon.